Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pod, MN, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, and I'm sure some others. Thank you always and forever for downloading and listening to this show. It is a pleasure to have you joining me once again today. Minnesota Vikings had an epic battle with the Baltimore Ravens. Looked like it was going to be a lot of fun. We had some wonderful moments and special teams. We saw a fake punt for a first down. We saw a special teams touchdown for the first time since 2016. Wow, that was kind of fun. That was kind of cool. And we still lost, 34-31. to 31. Didn't you just know it would happen that way? Didn't you just know, especially once it got to be to overtime? And naturally, we picked heads this time. And yeah, well, it is what it is. Whatever it was, the Vikings lose 34-31. to Lots of interesting uh, things happened during the course of this game. And once you saw Justin Tucker line up for a 36-yard, it was like, well, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, he can make 66 yards and yeah, whatever. He never misses, especially late in games. The governor is still applied on this offense. I mean, you see all the possibilities. You saw that a deep pass to Justin Jefferson for a touchdown. You see, you saw Delvin Cook get loose, as Paul Allen would love to say, boosting his carries average, his yards per carry to 6.5 would have been significantly lower, I'm sure. You also saw Lamar Jackson run for 120 yards, including some crucial first downs. Didn't get in the end zone once, but he did have multiple turnovers. Did Lamar Jackson, multiple interceptions. One athletic, spectacular defensive play. And another really, really big clutch one by Anthony Barr, who probably had his best game since, I don't know, forever. Uh, awesome game for Anthony Barr, i got to tell you. Uh, Cameron Bynum, wow. What a, <laughs> what a spectacular play by Cameron Bynum. The athleticism on that interception was something to see. And again, Anthony Barr looked like he had us in position to win the game. And we still ended up getting nowhere because the governor's been applied. The governor's never going to come off as long as it's, you know, as long as it's Mike Zimmer and Clint Kubiak in charge of the offense, per se. Mike Zimmer's obviously not in charge of the offense, but he's the head coach and he makes the final decision on things and all that and what kind of offensive coordinator he wants to hire. I don't know, man. I mean, why would you, if you know your head's on the platter or you're on the hot seat and all that good stuff, you know you're on the hot seat and you hire a guy who's 33 years old just because his last name is Kubiak. I don't know. I mean, I don't hate Clint Kubiak. I have nothing against the guy. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm not seeing anything spectacular out of him. When you have weapons like this, you you think you'd see something a little more and it's just not there. It's just not happening. And I, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Why would you hire a guy like that unless literally it was like a, a Red McComb situation where, oh, yeah, oh, Mike Tice, guess what? You're probably possibly in your last year, so we're going to hire Steve Loney. Yeah, that, that's all you get. You get to hire Steve Loney for 250000 a year. Now, of course, all of us listening and myself would take 250000 a year in a heartbeat. But offensive coordinator in the National Football League is usually a little bit more, you know, lucrative than 250 a year. Steve Loney, who was a unqualified offensive line coach, had no business running any offense ever. It was just, I mean, it's a miracle that that team did anything. It was actually kind of fun, believe it or not, fun season. 
But uh, let's digress back where we need to be. Clint Kubiak, I don't know. I mean, you could rip him all we want, but Mike Zimmer hired him. He hired him. I can't imagine the Wolves saying, no, screw you, that's all you get. I don't know. I mean, sometimes being loyal to someone is not necessary. I mean, it's just not necessary. You can't do better than that. We can't go a little better. Or it's just because you want to have the ultra-conservative style forever. I guess you do. Maybe you just wanted to have somebody you can control. Well, controlling somebody ain't going to get it done, my friend. Minnesota Vikings at 3-5 and five on the season have zero Super Bowl aspirations at 3-5. and five. I mean, there's always a chance, especially if you're an expansion team in the NFL or you've sucked forever. Wow, we're 3-5. We just might have a little crack at the playoffs, like the Jacksonville Jaguars used to talk about many years ago when they first started to kind of move in the right direction. Little did we know how awful they'd be after they had a couple of really good early seasons over there in Jacksonville, down there in Jacksonville in the panhandle. Um, you know, the Vikings defense played really well, but when the offense is just basically punting the ball away time and time again with three and outs and check downs and BS outside of a couple of spectacular plays. Again, you got to see the deep pass to Justin Jefferson. That wound up as a touchdown. Oh, it just felt so good. Defensive breakdown by the Baltimore Ravens and all that. But I don't know. When Tyler Conklin is leading you in uh, you know targets with seven, when Adam Thielen is targeted seven times and he has six yards, six yards in the game. Whoa. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to win anything. I don't care who you're playing against. If it's the Baltimore Ravens, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Miami Dolphins, the Golden Gophers. The Vikings might have lost to the Gophers. No, no, I don't think they would have. The Gophers were horrendous against Illinois. I don't think they showed up. I don't care about the Gopher football team, quite honestly. I'll take the NFL over college any day of the week. Uh, both kickers made everything. That's great. Thank you, Greg Joseph. You deserve to uh, remain in the NFL, in my opinion. He does. I'm not trying to be sarcastic or rude. He, he does. Jordan Berry was flat-out spectacular, though he did have a touchback. But two of them in the 20. Thank you very much. We needed you, Jordan Berry, because of the... Uh, the governor applied to this defense. That's never going to go away. Sheldon Richardson, a sack and a half after uh, how invisible he's been all season. Anthony Barr, downright spectacular the entire game, including that interception that put us in position to win the game when all we needed was a field goal, and we couldn't even move. We couldn't even move. I mean, we were like in quicksand because because of the coaching. Because of the coaching, you can kind of guess who the uh, friend Tarkington might be, maybe, with the way I'm talking and who the... Who the uh, Christian Palmer Memorial might be, maybe, with the way I'm talking. Kirk Cousins wasn't spectacular or anything, but he was okay. I mean, he was efficient, but, I mean, 187 yards and all that, and he had all this ability and all this possibilities throughout the game, and that's the best you can do. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Kenny Nguangwu, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly, from the uh, from Iowa, not the Iowa State, from but from Iowa. Had the big kick return, made us all feel like a million bucks, and you also had the trick play to him, of all people, that wound up being a first down on a fake punt. That was pretty cool. You got to see some fun stuff with special teams. This is the best special teams game, you know, since I can since forever. We've had special, good special teams in the past, back when Cordero Patterson was around, and when NFL rules were a little different. But now, I mean, I don't know. It, it was like it didn't exist anymore. It was like fair catch or you caught the ball and you get about three yards, you know, about three, oh, seven. Okay, seven-yard return. All right, okay, that's 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 okay. Seven yards is okay instead of just letting the ball bounce and saying, screw it, I guess we'll take over at the five. 
yeah, you know, or forcing one out of the end zone and winding up on the 15 when you could have been at the 25, which is some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen. That's the other Iowa player, the receiver, who I'd rather not even mention because he hasn't done anything yet. Uh, the running back was the guy everyone was excited about, and, man, he was good today. Kenny Nwongwo, finally healthy and ready to roll. That guy's a, that guy's a good player. He's a good player, and I can't believe we saw a 98-yard special teams touchdown today, and we saw a 50-yard touchdown pass to Justin Jefferson. You saw a 66-yard scamper by Delvin Cook. You saw an interception in Baltimore territory in overtime. And, and we lost. Yeah, yeah, we lost. That's great. That's just, that's just great. Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that make you feel like a million bucks? We lost. Yeah, you yeah, know. We, we lost. It's okay. That's part of that's part of life, you know. Just flush this one out, and we, we just came up short. You know, we tried really hard, and everything was great, and, and stuff. No, it's bullshit. Pardon my French. I'm going to leave that in there. It, it's BS. We really, we, we lost in a game like this. Come on. I mean, Baltimore had everything going against them. I mean, John Harbaugh was almost crying on the sideline with all the plays that were going against him, all the, the holding calls. And, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I mean, one call after another was going against him. I'm not blaming the refs for a damn thing, even though it got frustrating and monotonous, especially some holding calls late that were just brutal. But it was our own fault. Uh, I'm not really mad at the refs. I'm mad at the Vikings. I'm mad at the Vikings. I'm mad at the coaching. I'm mad at the lack of discipline. I'm mad at the lack of creativity, despite there was some creativity, and then you quickly went away from it, real quickly. Why isn't K.J. Osborne getting the ball more? Why? Why isn't K.J. Osborne getting the ball more? I mean, what, why are we three and out every time we have any type of golden opportunity to blow this team right out of the water? If this Viking team, like, if this coaching staff, you know... I'm going to say this now. I'm going to say this first as a disclaimer. Mike Zimmer has forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. So this is with all due respect in that sense. A football team that actually knows what the F they're doing out there would have blown this Baltimore team out of the water. And uh, Harbaugh would have been screaming at his team in the uh, in the locker room at the end of the game. Or not screaming at him, maybe, but giving them a hell of time. Because they played like crap. The turnovers, the bad penalties by Baltimore. The Vikings should have blown this team out today and you end up losing. It, it, it just brings you shades of the game, which I talked about last week, where uh, it was the, the it was a snowy game and things kept changing. It was an epic back and forth and we ended up losing. I believe there was a special teams touchdown in that game. I'm pretty sure there was. I think Cordero Patterson was on the Vikings by then. I think he was. I think that's when he was a rookie. And he had a special teams touchdown in that game. It was a wild, crazy game in Baltimore. And you had the snow coming down, and it was kind of crazy and all that good stuff. It was the last time we were in Baltimore, if I remember correctly, back in 2013. And a few weeks later, Leslie Frazier was let go at the end of the season. Um, I think it's a wild, crazy back-and-forth game, and you had a special teams touchdown. And Mike Zimmer will be let go at the end of the season. It's just not as late in the year this time around. That one was in December. This one in in, uh, or was it in January? I think yeah, it was late in the year. You, you, you knew Frazier was gone, regardless of how people would protest and disagree and all that. You knew it was coming. Go ahead and protest and disagree all you want, players You know that love Leslie Frazier and anybody that might be in Zimmer's corner. It, I mean, it's just not going to happen. 
Uh, even the C.J. Ham play, what was it going to be, like 40-some yards, 42 yards, and wound up being 27. 27 because he stepped out of bounds and all that. It was an epic play that had everyone excited. C.J. Ham, C.J. Ham, and all the respect in the world. He's a wonderful fullback, but if a fullback is one of the focal points of your offense, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a dead end. Kind of like Childress's kick-ass offense before Brett Favre was the quarterback when you had to be creative because it was Brett Favre. It was Brett freaking Favre. You're not creative with Brett Favre. You're wasting your time. He's going to burn the whole house down and burn you in it. That's what Brett Favre would do to Brad Childress, and he kind of did in 2010. But that's a story for another day. I guess you might as well listen back to those episodes. I was podcasting 11 years ago. If you can believe it, I was very much thought as podcasting 14 years ago. <laughs> 13 years ago, pardon me, 2008. Um, yeah, long time, long time. Um, but, I mean, it's like you, the focal point of that offense, it felt like it was Nafahu Tahi, time and time again, check downs to Nafahu Tahi, who had about as much athleticism as Judd Zelgad and myself, about as much. About as much athleticism as those guys. Though I suppose he was a bit more strong and he could push people and stuff. But yeah, um, it was just like a just like a, oh what the hell? Is that completed a pass? It was for about a yard or half a yard, but it was completed. That's about how you feel about this at times. Though C.J. Ham, I guess yeah, that was a nice little play, but you can't be counting on 27-yard gains from C.J. Ham on those checkdowns that end up being much better than you expect. It's just kind of funny how that was the play with a fullback <laughs> and that ended up creating all of that. It's pretty funny. Um, then, of course, he magically stepped out of bounds and lost about 15 of those yards. That figures. K.J. Osborne, Mr. Clutch, K.J. Clutch with a big first down, 20-yard gain. But then that was about all she wrote. There was only one more target the rest of the game. Lack of creativity. Lack of creativity. I mean, at least there's some creativity in Baltimore. And that can be kind of the joys of hiring a special teams coach as the head coach, because then he's not as biased for offense or defense. It's kind of like a little bit of both. A little bit of both, and maybe your special teams will be good too. Though I would say this Vikings teams, uh, this Vikings season of special teams has been the best in, gosh, since 2013 maybe. It's been a while. It's been many years since the Vikings special teams was actually halfway decent. But um, definitely a mess of a game entertaining, and wound up being extremely frustrating. I mean, you saw Baltimore go ahead by a touchdown, and then you had Kirk Cousins drive the team down the field and put us in OT. And Baltimore had all the chances in the world to actually win the game before the end of regulation. Thank God that didn't end up being the case. Very easily could have been. But the overtime was just... Oh, the overtime was just garbage. Thank you, uh, Anthony Barr, for helping put us in position to win the game. No th thanks, but no thanks to the Vikings offensive coordinator, uh, Clint Kubiak, and the execution by some of the players down the stretch as well. Obviously, the Vikings defense, yeah, they played absolutely great in the game, but when Baltimore had the ball pretty much the entire game because of the lack of creativity on the offense, eventually, what is it, like 45 minutes of time possession? Time of possession, pardon me, or was it even longer? It might have been longer. I think it was. I think it Why am I looking at point spreads? Unfortunately, this isn't going to help. Oh, maybe it is. Yeah, this is different than the other uh, thing. Uh, 46 minutes of time possession for Baltimore to 23 of Minnesota. In 98, the Vikings got away with lack of time of possession because the offense was so explosive. We'd get down the field in like five minutes for a touchdown or even less. 
uh, even less on like a, t a touchdown drives to Randy Moss and such. So we often lost the time of possession battle in those games be just because of that reason. We were that explosive. This team, no, uh, literally got doubled. We got lapped in time of possession, 46 to 23 minutes. That is some bleepity bleep. And of course, your defense is going to run out of gas, and they did, despite the fact they played great. Third down efficiency, wonderful. Just wonderful for us. Five, four or five of 14 again. Fourth down efficiency. Both teams com uh, converted on all of their fourth downs in today's game. Five of five total. Three of three for Baltimore. Baltimore and Minnesota also efficient on fourth down. Two of two, so appreciate that. Baltimore, 500 total yards in the game to Minnesota's 318. 247 yards. Net rushing for Baltimore, though. You know, again, Lamar Jackson absolutely obliterated the Minnesota Vikings in this game. I don't know what more is to say. They're definitely a threat in the AFC again. First place in that AFC North, which has been all over the place all season. You thought it was going to be Cleveland, then maybe Cincinnati, maybe Pittsburgh, just for old time's sake. And now Baltimore is the team that you'd think was... The the best team. They had a 14-2 and two season two years ago. And they still have an NFL MVP candidate type of player in Lamar Jackson, even though he's an absolute mess sometimes, as much as I love him. Particularly coming out of college. There was a time I thought he should be the number one pick in the draft overall, period. Uh, I don't know if he's on that level, but he's certainly a hell of a player, and I'd take him in Minnesota any day. Any day. Um, entertaining as a football fan, Frustrating as Mickey Frickety Blankety Blank as a Viking fan. Uh, it leaves you just kind of pulling your hair out once again and begging. I'm just begging to God, please, Lord. Please, Lord, let let this team have a new coach and a better better fit for this, this roster overall next season. A more of a balanced-minded coach. Offensive, generally speaking, but balanced as well. Not like Dennis Green where he was like, defense, what's that? I don't give a crap about those guys where you literally saw one of the best defenses in football completely de uh, depleted into almost nothing by 98. It's one of the reasons why the Vikings couldn't stop the Falcons. Uh, I still remember the commercials back then. It was like Chris Carter, Robert Smith, Jake Reed, Randy Moss. <laughs> Makes you kind of wonder who's going to stop us. And I remember somebody called in to, the, to Paul Allen show when he was brand new on the air, him and PA in Dubai back then, they were brand new. They were actually fill-ins for Jesse Ventura, who was running for governor, and his victory as governor that year is what uh, opened the door for Paul Allen and Jeff Dubay to have a full-time job in KFAN at that uh, 9 to noon uh, slot, so to speak. PA's been there ever since. Dubay obviously had his issues, unfortunately, as much as I like the guys, too bad. Um, but somebody called into the show, and long story longer, pardon me for blabbing, and said, makes you kind of wonder, though, who are we going to stop? Because it was like there was no pass rush at all back then. So it's stuff like that. Long story, much longer. You don't want to have a coach that is way one-sided one way or the other. It's a miracle that we have such a talented offense with Mike Zimmer as head coach. But I guess that might be uh, Rick Spielman or just the natural vibe you get in the NFL where Spielman's kind of aware of it, uh, this and that where you can't just be all defense. You just can't. If, if you are, well, it's cute and everything, but yeah, you might go 9-8. and eight. You might go 10-7. and seven. 
you might win a playoff game. And winning a playoff game isn't enough. Not for Minnesota Viking fans who, you know, if you're a bit older in your 50s and beyond, you've seen four Super Bowl losses. If you're 40, like me, or, you know, slightly 40 like me or older, you've seen six NFC Championship games lost in a row. S-I-X. That's a lot, man. If you're in your 20s, you've seen a couple NFC title games lost in heartbreaking fashion in one of them, and they're getting blown out in the other. This, there's only one thing left. It's win a Super Bowl for this franchise. Winning a playoff game ain't enough for a lot of us. And I stand by that 100%. Anybody that says we want to see a Super Bowl championship before we die, hand is up, hand is raised. I'm not thinking about dying at age 42 or 52 or 62 or 72 or 82. I'm not even thinking, not, don't want to even, I don't want, I, I don't want that thought even anywhere near me. But still, let's, let's go. Come on, let's go. I mean, it, it's got to happen one of these years. Probably not this year, but just saying. I mean, we got to have a coach that's got the right, that's the right fit for this roster and has the right vision for the offense and is balanced-minded at the end of the day. With that said, the Fred Tarkington Award for this show is for the first time maybe ever. I don't remember if he got one way back when he was like a rookie or second year because I have bashed the guy up and down for years. Anthony Barr, congratulations. Fred Tarkington Award for Anthony Barr. He actually went into coverage and made a really good play. And he was really good the whole game. Anthony Barr, congratulations, Fran Tarkington Award winner. Christian Potter Award, is it Greg Joseph? Why would it be him? He made everything. It's uh, Is it Kirk Cousins? Why? He didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, sometimes he, he, he gets scared and checks down. But that's not all his fault. It's not all his fault. I don't love Kirk Cousins. I'm not married to him. And if he's off the team next year, that's okay. Depending on, there's some kind of vision to get us in the right position. Why would it be uh, Adam Thielen's fault? Terrible offense, man. Terrible offensive vision. Six yards. Oh, it's definitely not his fault. It's definitely not Conklin's fault. He got 45 yards. Woohoo! <laughs> and I can't really rip on the defense too much. They were banged up. There's like this guy out, that guy out. No Harrison Smith. That's kind of crazy. Uh, I didn't even mention that uh, Daniel Hunter's out for the season. Uh, with that that uh, pectoral injury, the word the minute I heard peck, it's like ah, forget it, it's over. Here we go again, just like Matt Dumba and uh, others. Who was another player that just had one? I'm blanking. Oh yeah, Anthony Barr, of course, the guy I just mentioned. Anthony Barr had a pectoral injury a year ago. He, he didn't play a down. Um, so I mean, it is what it is, man. Pectoral injury. That's just game over. It's a serious thing, and it takes time. I mean, like your chest, the, the chest muscles that connect to your shoulder. Oh, God, that's bad. Like by your armpits and such, you know, your actual chest muscles that you bench press with. That's got even a slightest hair. Oh, boy. Whew. I felt like a microscopic hair around there before. It hurt for about five years. Five years. Years, not months. Yep. <laughs> It was kind of off and on because it was microscopic and it kind of just slowly healed. But uh, when it's an actual tear, tear, like probably happened with our, our buddy, uh, Daniel Hunter. Mm. So the fact he wasn't there didn't help. And yet the defense was still this good. Impressive. Good job. At the end of the day, lots of, uh, you know, like Kenny Willi Willikies, like G. Willikers, you know, K. Willikers, you know, did well out there. Bynum was solid. Bynum was good. 
blah, blah, blah. Um, the Christian Ponder Memorial is going to be the coaching staff, baby. It's going to be Zimmer and Kubiak. Lack of creativity, lack of vision, lack of everything. Sick of it. Absolutely sick of it. But that said, we'll take a quick break and return to look around the league and next week's opponent. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the league and talk about the Los Angeles Superchargers. Los Angeles Superchargers. Yeah, you get the idea. It's it's cool. <laughs> Wish they were San Diego Superchargers, but uh, we'll take it, I guess. That'll be an interesting one. It'll be over, uh, be over there. So, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. I mean, we had some entertaining... Uh, history with them over the years. That's for a damn sure, pardon me, kind of like moving things around here before I make sure. There we go. It was coming up as <laughs> Chargers history versus the Vikings. Remember that Vikings versus the Chargers. So yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. New York Jets and Indianapolis Colts. Very entertaining Thursday night football. 45 to 30. Pretty good stuff. And our guy, uh, who had been playing so well all year, got rewarded in a big way. Carson Wentz was explosive. He was excellent. He was efficient. He kicked some butt. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Really nice to see Carson Wentz coming around. And the Colts back in playoff contention, kind of, with a 4-5 and five record. And the Jets, 2-6 and six on the season. Just end the season. Jets, 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 just end the season. Obviously some talented players on the roster, but just not enough. Just not enough. It's just... Oh, wait, is Anderson Dejo, no, Anderson Dejo, and Xavier Rose, wonderful members of the secondary for the Colts. That might be why the Jets got 30 points in the game. Oh, that wasn't a sideways shot or anything. No, 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 no. Not at all. Naheem Hines had a kick return for 15 yards. I keep talking about him all the time. I talk about him all the time. I wish he was on the Vikings. 74 yards on the ground and a touchdown. Uh, I'll say it again. I talk about him all the time. I like Naheem Hines. I do. I wanted him in that draft, and it didn't happen. Jonathan Taylor was the man, as was Carson Wentz. 172 yards on the ground. And unbelievable in two touchdowns. Wow. And Carson Wentz, three passing. Beautiful stuff. Got the Minnesota Wild versus the New York Islanders flashing in the background. Before this show is completed, I'll be watching hockey and all that good stuff. But I'll keep my best uh, keeping up with that. Check out Brave the Wild if and when you can. If you're a hockey fan, Brave the Wild. That podcast is, has a similar host to this one, let's just say. Brave the Wild. Love talking about hockey and the Minnesota Wild. They're off to a pretty good start. They're one of the best overtime teams in the league, which sounds pretty crazy considering they were the worst forever. Now they actually win in overtime. Funny. Well, Vince Germano saying he still wants a new uh, coach and still wants the offense run a little differently. But, hey, at least for one day, 41-16 to 16 over Cincy. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, fourth place with a 5-4 and four record. That's a really good division. Kind of like the uh, NFC West. The AFC North is good. Fourth place and as a five, with a 5-4 and four record, not bad. 
Cleveland in third. Then you got Pittsburgh, Yuck, and Baltimore. Classic rivals. Baker Mayfield actually didn't turn the ball over. Baker Mayfield didn't turn the ball over. Progress. Good job. He did not turn the ball over. Ding, ding. Okay, sorry. Joe Burrow did turn the ball over. He attempted 40 passes, too. Two interceptions did not throw for a touchdown. Joe Mixon ran, ran for two, though. Would have been a nice uh, second or third running back in fantasy leagues. Why do I care? Sorry, I just do, I guess. Joe Mixon got things tied up early. And then Cleveland went on a pretty good run to get to 24-7. Cincinnati made it 24-10. And then Cleveland just went boom, boom, boom. Said, get the hell out of here, Cincinnati. This is uh, not our house, but it's kind of our house. It's the Battle of Ohio. Because, yeah, you know, Cleveland and Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't know why I'm even making note of that. Like, who cares, right? No, sh no crap. Nick Chubb just ran right through this team like it was cold butter. They were the Cincinnati butter, not the Bengals. Two touchdowns, 137 yards, a 70-yard scamp up from Nick Chubb as he took the ball to the end zone twice in this game. The autumn wind is a Cleveland brown because it's actually orange and there's oak leaves everywhere and they're kind of orangish-brown and stuff. That's the real autumn wind, or it's the autumn leaf, I guess. And the uh, Cleveland leaves uh, destroyed the uh, Bengals. So I guess dog pounds can beat up on tigers, I guess. They're not really good tigers because they've had terrible seasons historically, and they've still they're still waiting to win a single playoff game since 1988 when they were the AFC champions, and they had to make one more stop to be world champions that year. Think about how close they were. Think about that. But that's how it goes when you go against the legendary Joe Montana. That's how it goes. That's how it goes. Man, Cincinnati could have won a Super Bowl in 1988. Do you realize that? That's the last time they won a single playoff game. Every time I think about that, it just blows my mind. That's why I bring it up all the time. I bring it up all the time for a reason, because it's just, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Win a freaking playoff game, Cincinnati. That's all i got to say about that. Cleveland needs to start winning playoff games, too, because I think all of us want to see the Cleveland Browns go on a run. OBJ can, yeah, I don't like him. I don't like OBJ. I don't care about any of that crap. I'm glad to see Cleveland Browns finally getting back in gear a little bit here. It's a shame to see Cincinnati falling off the face of the earth, but uh, go Browns. Good job. Good job, and, uh, well, we'll see. Vince Germano not impressed with Cincinnati. Dallas Cowboys, you know, no problem against the Vikings. Well, yeah, there was plenty of problems. The Vikings should have won that game standing still. How many times have we said that this season, by the way, that the Minnesota Vikings should have beaten, we should have won the Cincinnati game? Should have won the, we should have beat Arizona? Do you realize the Vikings should have beaten Arizona? The Arizona Cardinals would have been 1-1. One one. Do you realize that? A team that started, what, 7-0, 6-0? Do you realize that? Just just, just sit down and, and analyze that for yourself for a minute. Put that into perspective. The Minnesota Vikings should have beaten Arizona. We could have easily beaten Cleveland. Should have beaten Dallas. Shoulda, 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 and didn't, 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 didn't. And then the Denver Broncos, who went to Dallas, Doubled them up, basically. Close enough. 30-16. to 16. <laughs> just, just wrap your head around that. <laughs> wrap your head around that. Teddy Bridgewater actually threw kind of deep on a play, too. Kind of. 44-yard touchdown, and it was a beauty. I love Teddy Bridgewater. It's just, I, I guess, I, I guess he threw deep, kind of, sort of. And uh, the Broncos 
beat then beat Dallas easily. They were up 16 to nothing, 19 to nothing, 27, 30 to nothing. Do you realize that? Do you hear this? Dallas got 16 points in garbage time. Dak Prescott played good for him. This is with Dak Prescott at quarterback too. Yeah, yeah, not not some Cooper. I don't even remember what his name is. Cooper Duper. It doesn't matter who he is. It doesn't matter if it's Gary Cooper. I don't care who it is. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are the Vikings. They're just you know, just just win a football game that you're supposed to win once in a while. That would have been nice. Vikings could have been in the playoff standing still this year. Especially now with the whole drama going on with Aaron Rodgers. I'd like to talk about it, but maybe I'll save that for freedom of thought. I'm probably going to have to do that because I think you're all going to hate my guts. You're all going to hate my guts if I get too deep in that. Not all of you, but a lot of you. I know Gerald String is very happy about the Broncos winning, but he's probably equally pissed off that the Vikings couldn't do something similar versus Cooper. Not Cooper Cup, but Cooper whatever. Cooper Duper. You know, Gary Cooper. I, I don't care. There's just no business for that. There's just no business. Let's just move on quickly before I get more upset. Miami Dolphins won a game because it was against Houston, who's even worse. <laughs> well, Houston will have the number one pick on the draft. I'm sure they're going to be going quarterback. I have absolutely zero knowledge about the 2022 NFL draft right now, so don't ask. Don't laugh at me if I don't know who it is. Maybe it's somebody who's obvious. I don't know. I don't care right now, even though I probably should. Because, yeah, it's just not time yet. I'm kind of enjoying the NFL season despite the fact, yeah, the Vikings should probably be like 6-2 and two right now, maybe 7-1. and one. Doesn't that just make you sick? God, makes me sick. Miami Dolphins won a game, though. I'm actually very happy. I like the Dolphins. I do. I love that color. I love it. It is just priceless. And I like Jacoby Brissett as well, but he didn't play that well. Tyrod Taylor was terrible. Oh, terrible. Danny Amendola. Boy, oh boy, the, the glory days are gone for him, huh? Doesn't matter what team he played for. It matters what team he's currently on, along with Rex Burkhead. He was another former Patriot, if I remember correctly. Ooh, doesn't matter. Once they leave New England, it's like the blood is cut off. The bloodline is gone. Like, uh, it's like cutting a branch off a tree. Oh, sorry, that didn't work out. It's just, uh, life is gone. It's like every coach that ever left the uh, coaching tree of Mr. What's-His-Face, uh, Belichick, the guy I really respect, obviously. Were other coaching trees like um, Bill Walsh and uh, why am I blanking? I'm just losing it now. But uh, obviously the former Packer coach. <laughs> Beautiful coaching uh, tree. Mike Holmgren. <laughs> I don't know why I'm blanking on that one. He hasn't coached for a while. It's like you plant it in the ground and the, the roots would just sprout. And there you go. You know, with guys like uh, John Gruden and such. I'll get off that. Miami Dolphins win, though. Congratulations. 17-9. to There isn't a whole lot to say about the Dolphins and the Houston Texans. Just thought I'd go back and daydream into the past again because that's all I'm good at, it seems like. Jalen Waddle did get 80, 83 yards, though, on eight targets. I'm just... Go Dolphins, I guess. That's their second win of the year. They should be better, but they're not, unfortunately. Let's just keep going. Saints and Atlanta Falcons. And now you got uh, Jameson. Jameis uh, Winston, pardon me. Jameson. Jameis Winston with an ACL. ACL. 
I hate the Saints, but I feel bad for that guy because he was having a fairly good year. And then you get Trevor Simeon with back-to-back good weeks. Trevor Simeon, wrap your head around that. He actually passed for 250 yards, didn't turn the ball over, and a couple touchdowns. He actually won in a game against Matt Ryan, who's pretty good. And it was very efficient in the game, was Matt Ryan. Uh, at the end of the day, pardon me, Atlanta won. I'm being stupid here. He almost won the game. Atlanta did win the game. I'm stupid. I'm just sorry. I looked at the score backwards. I don't know if it was some kind of a freaking uh, dyslexia going on or something. But uh, and I thought Atlanta had won because I'd seen it. Uh, highlights and such. Uh, Cordero Patterson. My goodness, Cordero. What's going on, buddy? Shades of the Baltimore game seven years ago. 126 yards receiving. He caught all the balls coming his way. Caught all the balls coming his way. But yeah, he was good. He was really good in the game. Absolutely spectacular. Another Colquitt, Dustin Colquitt was their punter. Good for him. Cordero Patterson. 126 yards in the air, though. Man, awesome. Didn't get in the end zone, though. Let's move on quickly. Sorry. Um, neither one of those NFC South teams is going to really compete against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's no chance, especially now with Winston out. As well as, as well as Trevor Simeon played, it was against Atlanta. I mean, they're not that good. We'll keep going. Uh, New York Giants versus the Raiders. Don't know where to go with this one either, but the Giants beat the Raiders. It's just the same old thing. They're the Toronto Blue Jays of uh, football, the, the Raiders. They start strong. You feel good about them, Toronto Blue Jays. And then midway through the season, it's like, okay, okay, I, what, what the heck's going on there? And two-thirds to three-fourths into the year, it's like, whatever, whatever. They're not even close. You know, that's pretty much where things are going to add. Derek Carr throws for a million yards or plenty. He throws for a lot of yards and a ton of attempts and turns the ball over. It's just, I don't know, they're just not good. And the Giants win their third game of the season doing a whole lot of nothing, really. Not a whole lot. It's just eh, garbage. New England Patriots. There was a 90, I believe it was a, no, 88-yard pick six in the game. That's what I thought. 88-yard pick six in the game. Great play, I guess, by, uh, yeah, Sam Darnold. Great job. Three interceptions, just like he played, just like he did with the Jets in a lot of games. Sam Darnold is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He sucks. He sucks. And that's all there is to say. End of story. He sucks. Christian McCaffrey did get over the 100-yard mark with total yards and all that, but they barely were able to have the ball because their quarterback sucks. Mac Jones is just okay, and I guess that's who the Patriots are at this point. They're kind of hanging on, hanging on. They're 5-4 and four on the season. That's actually pretty good considering the circumstances. Mac Jones is okay. He's got a high IQ, but he's never going to blow anyone's socks off. Multiple interceptions by J.C. Jackson, including the 88-yard scamper to Pater. Good for him. Very, very strong performance for him. He would definitely be the Tom Brady uh, award winner because I think, yeah, it's a New England Patriots podcast. Patriots, uh, the Patriot Mafia, hosted by Joey Awajan. It'd be Casey, uh, it'd be J.C. Jones. And let's just move on. Who cares? Carolina is just dead, dead. What? What's this? What? What? This is not real, folks. This this is not real. This this is not happening. What the hell? The what team would this be? Uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays? No, not the Devil Rays. Tampa Bay Rays would be the Buccaneers. Miami Dolphins would be the uh, Marlins. 
But Jacksonville sucks. Jacksonville and Miami both suck. So we'll just say the Marlins again because the Marlins are awful. What the heck? I, nine to six over the Buffalo Bills. I didn't say that. I, I didn't say that. That's just I'm, I'm just imagining this. It's really like Buffalo 16 to Jacksonville 9, right? It, this can't be real, but it is. It's it's real. Oh, my God. What happened, Buffalo? What happened? Two field goals. That's it. 6 to 9, 9 to 6, however you want to look at it. Third loss of the year for Buffalo, and this is a blemish of blemishes. If Buffalo was a college team, their season is done right here. No national championship for you. Thank God for that, Buffalo, that this that the things aren't ranked that way. You just make the playoffs and hope for the best. <clears throat> it's not quite like the old days where the same team wins the Super Bowl every couple of years, like San Francisco or Dallas or whatever. Or the frickin', uh, frickin' uh, Redskins back in the day. <sighs> what the hell is this? I understand Jacksonville's defense is actually kind of good. They've put together some nice players over the years, but they held Buffalo to six points. Well, Stefan Diggs, you can't talk a whole lot of crap now. You can't. Um, I bet you were probably laughing at us losing today and how the offense doesn't make a whole lot of damn sense, but you put up six points against Jacksonville. I mean, that's pathetic, man. Pathetic. So much for an MVP award. Josh Allen ain't getting no MVP with a game like this. Oh, my God. Three turnovers, a fumble lost, two interceptions, he attempted 47 passes in the game. 47 passes for Josh Allen in the game. And that that's it. And I don't know. They were a little too pass-heavy in the game. They ran the ball a total of 14 times throughout the game with three different people. Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, and Zach Moss. Zach Moss. And they got virtually nowhere except for Josh Allen's 22-yard scamper. I don't know what to make of this, but I don't know. My pick of Buffalo winning the Super Bowl looks pretty stupid right now. We'll see. That can change quickly. I mean, the Giants looked awful during most of 2007, including against the Vikings. The Vikings slaughtered the New York Giants in New York, which I just never imagined happening. Slaughtered them. What was it, like 44-21 to 21 or something like that? And then they, they end up beating the undefeated Patriots in the Super Bowl. And he ended up beating a 13-3 and Packer team. It's pretty impressive. Let's keep moving. Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, Arizona Cardinals, back on the back to their winning ways after not beating Green Bay, dropping to seven and one at the time. Now they're eight and one, and they are the number one team in the NFC. Get your home field ready to roll now because Green Bay is probably going to lose a couple of games in a row. San Francisco is the weakest team in the NFC West. There's no question about that, and. Cardinals took advantage of that situation big time. And this was without Kyler Murray, who was, who was injured. Colt McCoy, remember that name, years ago, I believe, with the Cleveland Browns when they were terrible. Colt McCoy. Supposedly, uh, supposedly, Childress liked him back in the day. Supposedly. Garoppolo, mediocre, threw for 300 yards like he always does, but just kind of mediocre. Um, Generally speaking, Arizona just kind of beat the crap out of San Francisco. 31-17. to Congratulations, Arizona. Number one team in the NFC again. Rock and roll. 
Sunday night is going to be the Los Angeles Rams and the Tennessee Titans. Got the wild in the background. It is one to one. And there is Zach Parisi wearing number 11 for the New York Islanders instead of number 9. Interestingly, he wore 9 with the uh, New Jersey Devils before. Zach Parisi just on there. Skating around. It's about midway through the first period. 0-0. Zero to zero. New York Islanders have mustered only two shots on net so far to the Wilds' five. But who cares? Neither team scored. Looks like Detroit's on the bye, and they're probably thanking God for that. And the Bias head to Pittsburgh Monday night. So we will not be reviewing that game or the Tennessee versus the Los Angeles Rams, but we'll be checking that out uh, anyway along the way. And then there's one other, or well, two other games. Obviously, the Los Angeles Chargers versus Philly. That's coming right up here in a second. But first, Green Bay with uh, Jordan Love against the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. I mean, as good as Green Bay can be, obviously, they without Aaron Rodgers, it's like nothing. There's just nothing. Because Kansas City stinks. They stink. <laughs> no Super Bowl. They're not winning any Super Bowl right now. Maybe next year they'll get things back rolling in the right direction. But they stink. Jordan Love attempted 34 passes in the game, wound up with almost 200 yards, but was mediocre at best. Just kind of a baseball type of score here. Well, slightly higher, I guess. I don't know, it was like Gophers versus Illini. That's about what it was. And the Packers would have been the Gophers. I mean, Kansas City stinks, too, right now. I, mean, I don't know what's going on. I know Green Bay's defense can be dangerous sometimes, but the pass rush, but uh, they weren't that good. What did they get? One sack in the whole game. One the City, one sack in the whole game. Their defense sucks, too. I don't know. Great. 13-7. to <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What else is there to say other than uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be quiet. Maybe I'll talk about it on Freedom of Thought. I'll just leave that alone. I don't want to annoy anybody right now. I don't want to get political on Pearl Mafia. It's political enough being a Viking fan, isn't it? Oh, boy. Well, Green Bay lost their second game. That's all i got to say about that. San Diego Superchargers, Los Angeles Superchargers. It still comes off your tongue. doesn't roll off your tongue as well, but it rolls off your tongue. And there is a new song, and it sucks. Let's just stick with the San Diego Superchargers. You know, anything modern is sucks. Anything, any modern music is sucky. That's all i got to say about that. They barely beat the Philadelphia Eagles, who had a pretty... They just destroyed Detroit last week. Was it 44-6 to six or something? Wow, Dan Campbell. Mm, ouch. 27-24. Next week's opponent will be in Los Angeles, California. I cannot put the city of Los Angeles with the Chargers. I refuse. They're the San Diego Chargers, damn it. I want them back in San Diego. Los Angeles is the Rams. I completely accept that. St. Louis doesn't roll off your tongue at all. Should be the St. Louis Cardinals. Or just a brand new franchise. Uh, and and uh, experience a team, if you'll allow me to say that. Since Arizona rolls off your tongue now, since it's, they've been there forever. It sounds, it sounds, you know, like Phoenix Cardinals? It sounds foreign, doesn't it? It's hard to believe. It's hard to, hard, hard to believe that's what they called them at first. And they really looked different back then, too. Who cares? Chargers. Why am I babbling so much? Dustin Hopkins, good kicker and all that. At least I'd like to believe that. Justin Herbert, people saw him as going from Rookie of the Year to Most Valuable Player. Jalen Hurts was okay, attempted a couple of passes, hardly any. But Philadelphia, very efficient throughout the game, to be quite honest, which gives me hope. 
that the Vikings offense can do something against this Los Angeles Superchargers team. The problem is, can the Vikings defense hold up against the Los Angeles Superchargers as well? The Vikings should score a ton of points in the game. I believe I picked, I did pick the Baltimore game to be higher scoring, and then I was like, kind of. And it ended up being pretty high scoring. So 34-31 is pretty high at 65 points. This game, I don't know, should it be in the 50s, up 50s to 60-ish? I, I think somebody's going to get 30 in the game coming up versus the uh, Chargers and the Vikings. Keenan Allen, just an ever-dangerous slot receiver who can do a heck of a lot after the carry. Lots of check-down plays at times, but they end up being more than check-downs. They end up being, turning into something. Mike Williams can be dangerous. Jared Cook can be dangerous. Got some nice players. Uh, Austin Eckler has been good most of the time. He wasn't too great today, but he was good enough. Herbert can run a little bit, but not that much. But he's a very dangerous passer. Uh, with the Vikings depleted secondary, I, I don't know. I think the chances of the Vikings winning are not super high other than just that determination and survival instinct that can save this team's, uh, at least for for one week, and save the Vikings for at least another week. Minnesota versus San Diego. This is actually the nope second time the Vikings played the L.A. Chargers. 2019 was when the Vikings were having that strong season, and we went up there and uh, destroyed Mike Lynn's club. Or was it, it wasn't Mike Lynn. It was Lynn. I forget his first name now, and I apologize. I feel bad about that. Um, Anthony Lynn, and that's probably why he lost his job, because he's a defensive coordinator type of... Oh, no, no, he is offensive coordinator. I, of course I knew that. Of the Detroit Lions, Anthony Lynn, yes. Anthony Lynn, def uh, offensive coordinator. Yeah, he's an off offensive coach, no question about that. Because he's definitely not defense. If he was, yeah, he would have been gone before that. Chargers defense has been good for many years, actually. Vikings won 39-10 to back in 2019. And the history goes all the way back to 1971, 50 years ago, as of December the 5th. Chargers beat the Vikings. Wow, that's a good Viking team. But it was in San Diego. They were the Super Chargers. They were the Los Angeles Chargers all the way back in the 60s with those white helmets and everything. It was kind of cool, white uniforms. It's kind of cool times. But uh, let's go back where I were. It was a cool team, Los Angeles Chargers, for like, it was like for a year. And then they moved to San Diego, where, which was many years, and they had the cool song. 30-14 to 14 against a pretty good Viking, Viking club, Vikings in 75, arguably the greatest Viking team in history, 28-13 to 13 in the Met. San Diego came to the Met in 1978 after my brother was about six months old, 13-7 to 7 over an aging, not-so-good Francis Tarkington anymore. 81 with Tommy Kramer and co. Kind of a fun season if I remember. Well, I don't remember, but from what I know from history, I was alive. I was two. Uh, 33 to 31. That looks fun. That might be the kind of score we're looking at coming up. 42 to 13 over an awful Vikings club. A thir uh, 3 and 13 club in 1984. Thank you, Les Steckel. And that must have been the season opener because it was September 2nd and it was a harbinger for things to come in the Metro Dome. Not the Met, but the Metro Dome. Harbinger for things to come. You guys are toast. 42-13. to 13. I can't imagine that Chargers team was that great. 85, an improved club with uh, Bud Grant back at coach. 21-17. to 17. Minnesota. San Diego crushed, and I do remember this one. Wow, we hadn't played since 85. So when I first saw the Vikings play the Chargers, and I remember them whooping our ass, and yep, 30-17. to 17. Didn't whoop our ass, but it was pretty Disappointing. It was a mediocre game at best. Natron Means and uh, Stan Humphreys, guys like that. What a fun 
good team that ended up going to the Super Bowl a year later. And they're a club that recovered from a 14 to, uh, or excuse me, an 0 and 4 record. They were 11 and 5, but lost in the first round. Oh, yeah, John Freeze is the quarterback. It wasn't Stan Humphreys, it was the backup. That's even worse. John Freeze. Yep, I remember him. Wow. Against Sean Yucky Salisbury, who was uh, reacquired. He's a really good guy, and he's on Barrero Weekly, but yeah, he wasn't a good quarterback. He had a great, uh, he had great numbers in terms of uh, passing yards in the game, but whatever. Barry Word, yeah, there was literally no running game at all, which is kind of funny. Vikings were very pass heavy at the time. Anthony Carter in his final season with the Vikings, with 164 yards and 10 catches. Damn, AC. That was like a last hurrah for the wonderful AC. And then six whole years later, the Vikings beat the Chargers in 99. I don't remember that game very well. I don't. I remember that season well, but not that game. Weird. Who was their quarterback at the time? 1988? It couldn't have been Humphrey. Still could it? Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. I remember that now. I do. Wow, Jim Harbaugh. Wow, I do remember that now. Jeff George, yep, what an awesome quarterback he was. That was during that fun run that only lasted one, like two-thirds of a season or so. Let's get moving. I'm babbling now. 2003, the Vikings got beat by a very good Chargers club coached by the now late, great Marty Schottenheimer. That was a very good Chargers team, by the way, with LaDainian Tomlinson. 2007, Ladanian Tomlinson was getting older, and Adrian Peterson was unbelievable. Put up about 300 yards on the ground. Very, very memorable day. 30 to 17, an ever-improving Vikings club. LT did score a touchdown in the game to put the Chargers ahead, but Adrian Peterson went absolutely nuts that day, with 296 yards and three touchdowns. The ultimate fantasy game. He put me in the Super Bowl, but we lost for my fantasy team that year, by the way. One of the reasons I retired, because how good that team was, and we still didn't win the Super Bowl. It was just sickening. 2011, awful Vikings club in the season opener with that crappy, yucky, disgusting Donovan McNabb at quarterback who couldn't complete a pass for his life. 39 yards passing against this mediocre San Diego team. 39 yards. I was just staring at the TV set like, what the hell is this? Terrible team, terrible this, terrible that. It was a good opening drive for the Vikes and ended up being a waste of a season in 2011. You could argue it was even worse than the Les Steckel year. Les Steckel, Les Frazier. So let's stay away from coaches named Les when we go on our coaching search, if that's okay. 2015, a very solid Vikings team that won the division when Blair Walls was actually good until the end of the season. Bridgewater was mediocre at best. Rivers was this and that. But the Vikings end up winning 31-14 to and of course 39-10 to years ago against Anthony Lynn. Crushed that club and Anthony Lynn ended up not being a head coach much longer after that. Unfortunately for him, uh, Vikings were on their way to at least a uh, playoff season that year but unfortunately did not get anywhere beyond uh, San Francisco. Vikings all-time history is 7-6 and six versus the Chargers. There are no ties, but at least we have a winning record. <sighs> the Vikings could beat them, I mean, could and should be, be able to beat the Chargers. I think we're talented enough, this and that. Lack of pass rush against the great, uh, the great ever-improving Herbers uh, scares me in a big way. I have to pick the Chargers to beat the Vikings, but it'll be another epic, close, nail-biter game. 
It's going to be similar to today's. I think we'll go with 31 to 27. The Chargers beat the Minnesota Vikings by four. 31 to 27. The Chargers beat the Vikings by four without having to go to overtime. Herbert with four, uh, three or four touchdown passes. Kirk Cousins will have more passing yards. The Vikings will be in it and all that, but unfortunately, will not get the win. The Chargers beat the Vikings. I just think there's too many weapons, and I think Herbert against that depleted. Vikings secondary. It's a killer combination of the Vikings secondary and lack of pass rush. I don't think the Vikings can beat Justin Herbert. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Lamar Jackson obviously is more of a running quarterback than a passing quarterback. Herbert's the classic traditional, you know, guy who can throw for three or four hundred yards and three touchdowns. And I think we're going to see a bit of that going on against the Chargers at the end of the day. Chargers beat the Vikings 31 to 27. Vikings drop to 3-6, and six, and the Fire Zimmer conversation continues next week. With that, we'll take a break and return for fan interaction after this. Gerald down in Nebraska, calling in for Purple Mafia. Uh, sorry about that. I told you it's been a few weeks since I did a call, and I was going to do one last week and just never got her done. I don't even know how you get your uh, Purple Mafia done. It's got to be uh, a lot of work and a lot of dedication, so we appreciate it. Um, so coming off uh, Sunday night after we had a week off for a bye week and just absolutely laying another egg, on yet another holiday, prime time, Halloween game. Uh, yuck. I mean, I've been backing up Cousins all year long. And it wasn't all Cousins. I mean, after you get, he made some pretty bad decisions. But after he got hit like 20 times, I mean, the offensive line played terrible. The coaching was horrible. The play calling was horrible. Uh, it's pretty hard to pin this on one guy. Um, man, it's just... I don't know who out there is getting sick of the three-yard passes in a cloud of dust. I mean, back in the 80s with Leroy Horde, that was okay. But in today's West Coast offense, uh, three yards, a three-yard pass in a cloud of dust isn't going to cut it anymore. I mean, it's just, it's just brutal to watch. I mean, uh, I mean, get the ball downfield. I mean, what the hell? I mean, if it gets picked off, it gets picked off. But let one of our stud receivers go try to make a play. But... Uh, it's just brutally hard to watch. Um, man, it's it's almost not worth the five bucks I got to pay to game for Game Pass to even watch the game anymore. At least last year, um, the games weren't even that bad to watch last year. The offense was pretty good most of the time. It's just the defense struggled so bad. But man, this year anymore, we're just struggling on all sides of the ball. It's just it just looks like a shit show out there and. I mean, we were supposed to have this uh, revamped defense. Uh, Daniil Hunter was back, but now he's out. Uh, Tomlinson, Michael Pierce was supposed to be, you know, that was supposed to plug up the run game. Uh, Anthony Barr, who's overpaid, is back. You know, Patrick Peterson was playing pretty good, but now he's gone. 
Harry the Hitman looks like he's losing a step. I'm still a Harry guy all the way, but he just isn't quite the player he's been. And um, I don't know. The, Zimmer's supposed to be this defensive-minded coach, but they're just sucking on all sides of the ball. He's just proven over and over and over and over and over again he's just not a head coach. I think he's getting to be one of the most tenured coaches in the NFL, and it's just it's just brutally hard to watch anymore. Uh, it's just time to move on. Um, you look at some of these younger coaches, uh, the Rams, uh, the Packers. The Packers moved on when they should have moved on. And, I mean, look at that team roll now. Um, of course, they're going to be without Aaron here for a couple games. But, I mean, they're, they're on a roll. Um, Arizona Cardinals, Buffalo Bills. I mean, these are just these younger coaches are just more dynamic. Um, and it's just it, it's just not going to happen under Zimmer. I mean, that's all there is to it. And it's time to go find a franchise quarterback in the draft and and start over and move on. Um, and who knows, Joey? By the time you play this, maybe we'll have we'll have surprisingly beaten the Ravens and. All will be forgotten, and we're going to go on this miracle run. But uh, my prediction is not going to happen. My prediction is when you, by the time you play this call in, we'll have gotten our ass kicked by the Ravens, who looks like a playoff team. And I think it's just going to be a rough season. And man, I hope the ownership has the courage to just move on. But anyway, thanks for letting me rant and uh vent but uh who knows maybe maybe things will improve but uh i'm not looking forward to it but anyway skull purple mafia nation we'll see what happens this weekend talk to y'all later and i can't thank you enough for that call gerald string out of nebraska welcome back to the show i totally understand you weren't able to get on last week but thank you for joining this week and I wish we were talking about a Vikings win uh, over the Ravens, despite how we feel long-term about the coaching and all that and the situation. It's like a dead end one way or another. It's like you don't want to be super negative, but how can you not be? You know, how can you not be? It's like, you know, I mean, either I'm milk toast or I'm too negative or I'm milk toast or I'm too negative. It's like the last thing I want to be is milk toast at the end of the day. (sighs) Can't really disagree with anything. I mean, obviously... You know, I mean, and Leroy Hard was like mid-90s, but it might as well have been 80s, basically same thing, because Leroy Hard was like already like an old-fashioned type of running back in the mid-90s when we had him. Uh, late 90s, actually, mid to late 90s. Hard to believe it's, uh, yeah, feels like further back, but yeah, it was mid to late 90s. Um, strange situation, obviously, there. Uh, feels like we're getting held back every single week, and can't disagree with anybody that would say that. I, I can't. I have nothing to disagree with what you said there. Um, it's just that simple. I mean, rather than me babbling and rehashing what you said, uh, I think it's better that uh, it's better to let you talk and just say that uh, I agreed with everything you said. And generally speaking, it's like again, I I wish the Vikings could have won the game. It's just that how much value would be in the win? Would it carry the Vikings in the right direction? If we had a different vision, I think the Vikings could have been six and two easily right now, and atop the NFC North, or seven and one, and absolutely atop the NFC North. And maybe, maybe if we would have beaten Arizona, just think about it: where the Vikings could be in that situation if Arizona was one of the wins. Do you realize where it would be right now? Do you realize just put just doing the math? Ah, pretty crazy to imagine. Number one seed in the NFC, number 
one seed in the NFC. That's how talented this team is and how many bullcrap uh, mistakes and poor coaching uh, has put the Vikings at three and five. What a co- what a contrast, man. Malcolm McSweeney out of California, Tene Brown out of New Zealand, and Vince Germano out of Australia. Thank you so much for retweeting the most recent episode, Purple Cupcakes. Boo. Oh, there was a boo sign on the Purple Cupcake on Halloween. I can't believe that was a whole week ago, and what a nice night that was. I really enjoyed that. It's just too bad how things went negatively so quickly. Uh, it was a nice Halloween night, and then the Vikings kind of ruined it. Tene Brown says, pretty interesting. Looks like we're getting a new coach. Interesting. Dustin Baker said, yeah, this was during the week. Vikings-Ravens is always a bellwether event for the Vikings. They're 3-3 three and three all-time against Baltimore. In three seasons, they beat Baltimore. They went to the NFC Championship. In the three seasons we beat Baltimore, we went to the NFC title. In the three seasons they lost, they, the head coach got fired. So, uh, all or nothing on Sunday, baby. <laughs> that is crazy. Yep, I don't think we're going to the NFC title game, and I do think Zimmer does get fired at the end of the season. Crazy to imagine, but I absolutely... Tanae Brown says, I was at this game. Man, we looked good. Such a fun season. Could this be the turning point for our club? I hope so. Um, yeah, that was the last time we played Baltimore. in, uh, and It was in the first time in U.S. Bank Stadium because obviously it's back and forth. So you were at that game tonight out of New Zealand. That's kind of cool. To, yep, there was Adam Thielen and all that. So obviously this was not too long ago. Anthony Barr looked like he had a hell of a game, so interesting to imagine that uh, that's exactly what happened today. Anthony Barr had a hell of a game, and there was Thielen. Trying to remember, was this 17? I think it was. I think it was 17. Yeah, NFC Championship game, so yes. Yes, we beat Baltimore in that game and went to the NFC title game. Yeah, that's the only season it could have been, just putting two and two together. Uh, Matt Martin out of Northern Scotland says nine hour drive without a stop did not did consider not bothering to rush back north for this game so far glad I did but plenty of time for that to change so Zimmer football so Zimmer football bleeped the bed at home in prime time and the following week came out and punched the Ravens in the face perhaps if they can continue to do it February, I might believe. <laughs> Continue to do it into February, I might believe. Wow. Just wonder if the Wilfs have a word have a word with Zim play to win instead of that. Yep. 2017, a week after we beat the Packers and Rodgers broke his collarbone. Yep. Anthony Barr sandwiching Aaron Rodgers with the turf. Yep. Yep. So he was actually responding. So I did ask what year that was and I just kind of mathematically put it together. Yeah, it had to be 17, but yeah, cool. 2017, I hope you had a good time, and it sounds like you did. Mad Martin continues, says, Seems like the Purple have gotten, have forgotten that they have wide receivers screen to cook for short yarders, run up the middle to cook, third and long pressure resulting in in pass to dirt. So ugly. Wilkes might want to consider whether, even if winning, anyone wants to watch this. Tanae says, would be great to see Zimmer take responsibility for how severely this team underperforms. Um, hmm. Okay, I think he was telling me how the show was. He says, that was, oh, okay, that was a fun game to watch. Let's listen to, but the loss still hurts. Season seems to be over now. 
can't see a way out of the hole we're in. Would need something special, something we haven't seen all season. And I can't disagree with that one bit. I apologize for not being particularly active today. I better mention that um, circumstances didn't allow me to be super active today on, on uh, any of the social media. And I thought, I swear I had posted the uh, Vikings versus Ravens postgame thread earlier in the day, many hours earlier. And then I noticed to my horrors it wasn't there as I opened the fan interaction segment. Luckily, a number of people have posted already just in the last couple of minutes. So that's cool. Thank you guys for being so alert and for caring about this show. That means so much. You guys have no idea how much it means to me, actually. Hopefully it keeps popping up. But yeah, yeah. as I go to the uh, in-game thread first, see if there's any news. Yeah, we'll talk about the news first and the most recent show. Hopefully some more people post in between here. Um, what I was reading from just now was the Twitter account, at Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show. Also, I'm going to uh, encourage you to join the Vigit application. Well, what are they offering? Okay, no, that's something else. Uh, social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks and see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free to play sports book, bet free coins, win real prizes. Betting stands, there's great information available on the Vigit Like Line movement where the public is betting. This is not real money wagering. It is like fantasy betting, basically. Vigit, V-I-G-I-T, two different words, on Android or Apple devices. And when they ask who referred you, it is Paladino Live, all one word. I will put that in the show description. I'm also encouraging you, especially nowadays, because this is a lot of fun and how the economy is going up and down and weird and stuff, to get into cryptocurrency. This is just me doing this right here. And also, again, it can help the show because it gives both cases give a small donation to the show when you join. That's all it is. You join, and actually both of us get money with the crypto one. Vigit, of course, it'd be a lot of fun, and I need to encourage you to join the leagues and stuff. I should create those, and we could all kind of compete against each other. Either one would help the show, of course. Yeah, do support both of these companies. Crypto.com. It is an application on Android or Apple devices. Again, Crypto.com. I'll put a link in there, which would then refer, uh, show me as a referral, and we each get $25. So you get $25, and I get $25. Meaning, uh, and of course, that would be for the show, of course, as cryptocurrencies. There's all kinds of interesting ones out there. Some of you may right away just think of Bitcoin, this and that. There's no real limit uh, to how small amount you can put in, just little bits and pieces at a time. If you don't want to put in a lot of money, the fees are very cheap, unless you're investing bajillions of dollars, literally. Then, of course, it's a percentage, but it's always a percentage, but it's not that much. It's very cheap. Um, Shiba... Shiba Inu, that's what I highly recommend. S-H-I-B, that's the uh, ticker for that one. And now, obviously there's Dogecoin, D-O-G-E, which a lot of people like. It's kind of fun. And then there's Dogelon Mars, which has been on a bit of a trend lately. The ticker for that one is E-L-O-N, Elon. Uh, I'm going to put a link in there. It's basically sharing the link that would then have uh, you refer. Uh, we basically refer each other in that sense. Like, I, I referred you, but then, yeah, if you get 25 for joining, and I get 25 for referring you, this and that. So, it would just help both of us in a big way, and we could have a lot of fun. It would help the show in a big way if you were to join that. And, hey, cryptocurrencies are pretty damn interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> you could even private message me. I'm not going to guarantee you victory or any type of a profit, but it could very well easily happen. 
in a lot of ways and without investing a whole lot of money either. That's what's exciting about cryptocurrencies. So with that, again, now we'll go to the Facebook page. Mark Carlson on the most recent episode says, and thankfully this stuff is still coming in pretty quickly here. That's going on the uh, post-game thread. I still deeply apologize as to why in the heck that didn't get up there. I pushed the button and it didn't show up. Mark out of Iowa. Mark Carlson says, Thank you, Joy, for another fine edition of Pearl Mafia. It is the highlight of my week to listen to the show. Thank you so much, Mark. Even if the team isn't playing well, I really enjoy your takes and rants on things. And, of course, your sense of humor helps make it real. Otherwise, anyone could just read the stats, and that would be dry. So thanks for making time to put this together, Skull. And, yep, guys like you, Mark, are why I keep doing it. It means oh so much. It, it, it truly does. Um, and, of course, anybody. You know, at the end of the day, even people with two, two, two jobs, I mean, anybody can have time to listen to podcasts. It's a matter of if you like it and all that. Uh, that's the fun of podcasting, though, for people is that you can be doing something else like mowing lawns and such. As long as you have proper ear protection, you can hear everything great. Like, say, a 3M, like earmuff, whatever they're called. It'll kind of cancel out the sound, and you have your ear, earbuds or your earphones underneath, your little uh, your little earphones underneath. Even if you're mowing lawns or doing like operating loud machinery, you could still listen to podcasts, and it helps you pass the time more, and hopefully I'm providing that for people, generally speaking. Again, the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. There's a comment on the Daniel Hunter feared to have season-ending injury, and that was the pectoral. The minute they said peck, I'm like, goodbye. Mark Carlson says, you have to be kidding me, Joey. Oh, no. And yeah, I, I, I agree. It was very sad. So, the Vikings had claimed defensive end Jonah Williams off ravers from the Rams. Brad McCarthy says, not enough to help this team. And I agree. There's one more comment. For some strange reason, it's like most relevant and it only shows one. Mark Carlson said, who? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know who the heck it is. Yep, I understand you there. So... Now we get to the in-game thread, which is usually the biggest. In fact, it should be because it's for hours during the game there. Mike Dale says, and he's out of the, uh, out of New York State, not New York City, says, not too confident today, sad to say, with all the key defensive players out against the Mark Jackson and all those weapons he has, luckily or unluckily, we probably won't be seeing Clint Kubiak's timid and ultra-conservative play calling because I believe the Vikings will be playing catch-up and from behind the entire game. All I can say is there better be some fight shown in this team because if they fall flat again and just roll over, it's probably curtains for the Zimmer regime and rightfully so. He is not running this team in a matter of uh, conductive to winning a Super Bowl. No, he's not. He's playing not to lose, basically, rather than playing to win. And then, yes, things did change pretty dramatically. The Vikings went up by 14 points and still lost the freaking game. Mike Dale says, well, I'll be damned. We have the lead. See what happens when you actually use the awesome weapons at your disposal, Clint. Remember this. This time, I mean, remember this this time, and don't start calling lame checkdown plays just to limit mistakes. Unfortunately, they did that during the course of the game, and yeah. And there he is. There's Mike Dale saying, starting to see that overly conservative play calling creep in again, playing to not lose with checkdowns and such, since everyone and the dogs on the streets know that we're going to run Delvin on every first down. Why not do a play-action fake one of these times and send Jefferson and Thielen down the sidelines on a deep fly pattern to try to catch those Raven safeties cheating up towards the line of scrimmage? And, of course, we didn't, at least not too much. Trey Buckle says they aren't giving anything downfield like they were earlier. 
Hmm. Yep. I mean, I, I get that. They made adjustments. Mike Dale was absolutely loving the defense. Mark Carlson says at halftime, the madness will continue. Charlie cheers for Mafia fans worldwide. Line of Kugel c- Calibration Lager. I wonder how that one turned out, huh? Calibration Lager from Line of Kugel, one of the older breweries of the country. In fact, Shells and Line of Kugel, I believe, are the oldest, I believe, in the United States. Obviously, there's super-duper old ones in, like, Germany and such, like Polnair and all them. They're ancient. Um, Brett McCarthy says, well, that was an interesting drive. Uh, JJ touchdown. Yankee William out of Brooklyn Center. Brett McCarthy's out of South Dakota, by the way. Yankee William out of Brooklyn Center says, commentator, seven sets of eyeballs. I can't even tell you how many eyes there are. And he says, uh, Zimmer on clock management. Red zone, let's take a timeout at 140. Thanks for giving the ball back to Baltimore with enough time to score a touchdown. Yeah, I was wondering that, too. That was weird. But McCarthy thought the half was interesting and they opened the day with skull, everyone. He says, I think Zimmer had the wrong guy sitting and the wrong guy starting. Mm-hmm. And Mark Carlson was very excited about the Iowa running back with a beautiful return. <laughs> it's funny. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota says, did I just hear the skull chant following that interception? Beautiful. Yeah, that was after the Bynum one. If I remember correctly, it had to be. Yep, yeah, it was earlier in the game. Yep. Brett McCarthy kept asking, are these the Vikings? Who who are these guys? He was just stunned. and That might have been the title of the episode of the Vikings ended up blowing out Baltimore, but of course they didn't. Mike Dale agreed. Like, I didn't foresee this happening at all. He couldn't believe it. And Brett McCarthy was saying, where were these guys seven weeks ago? Yeah, we would have we would have, we would have won a lot of games this year. We really would have. Mike Dale was hoping they'd bury them in a cat's uh, litter box. Man. Mike Dale again says, See, Clint and Zim, what happens when you grow some stones and throw caution in the wind? Yeah. Mark Carlson says he felt like he's watching a completely different team and he spoke too soon. That's funny. Like an hour later, he's like, oh boy. Play calling terrible, says Brett McCarthy. Yes, it was as the game continued. Third and 18 and threw a seven-yard pass. Yep, from uh, Mike Dale responding to him. Oh boy. Yeah, it was really something. Yankee replied to Brett McCarthy when he said, third and one and we run. Okay, we're going to run screen, maybe. And Yankee said, load the box, and the Vikings weren't created to throw a pass. Potential one versus one to beat, and a long score. Yep, he was disappointed big time. Mike Dale says, Zimmer out along with his entire cabinet of less incompetent. We've all seen the same tired, feckless script play out and repeat itself too many times. Send him packing tomorrow. I think a lot of us would like that. Stefanski is pouring on the misery and routing the Bengals who we should have beat just burying them in points so glad we let him go sarcasm I gotta read what Vince Germano said cause I, I, I forget if he messaged me yeah I think he did and I didn't reply because I'm terrible I thought I replied to him yeah I'm gonna read what Vince Germano said he's an actual Cleveland fan he says even though we won Stefanski still sucks as a play caller so Unfortunately, some Cleveland Brown fans are not happy with Stefanski, if you guys can believe it. Some are not. Vince Germano is out of Australia, but is a very dedicated Cleveland Browns fan. He's not happy. Uh, Brett McCarthy says, after the ball uh, bar interception, we can't get a field goal. Great Paul play calling, Kubiak. And that was, that was the nail in the coffin for the Minnesota Vikings right there. And I think for Kubiak and Zimmer, it's like, seriously, that's the best you can do? 
Brett McCarthy says uh, Kubiak needs to be let go. That's what he comes up with. Three and out when it matters. Unbelievable. Yeah? Yep. Josh Mayer Henry joins in and says people need to be fired tomorrow. This team has no leadership. That's why they can't hold on to a lead. They get way too soft and conservative when they have a lead. Then they can't come back. Eric Mostard, welcome back, says uh, two series, two touchdowns. I'll take that action. Yeah, that was at the beginning. Mike Dale says, we're so unbelievably bad at stopping the run even when we know it's coming. Brad McCarthy says, haven't heard... What the hell? Haven't heard Barr's name all day. Maybe he could make a difference one time this year. Uh, he was pretty good, though, generally speaking. You called it Barr with a pick. Yep, Josh Mayer Henry. Yep. Yeah, I actually gave him the player of the game, if you can believe it. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, he put the Vikings in good position there. Brad McCarthy says Vikings need to clean house after this loss, starting with Kubiak this week. He said, well, the defense is gases after that 10-minute drive. Yep, they were gassed. Yankees said, here we go again, coming down to the wire because we can't get shit going. And defense exhausted from being on the field for 10 minutes. Brad McCarthy says, I don't know about the rest of you, but I can't take too many more of these types of games. So this is when things start going south with the Vikings in the third quarter. Wow, that was quick right after he typed it. That was about Barr from Dave Hickey. Mm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Here's another one. Yep. Brad McCarthy says, we better answer with a touchdown after that drive. Unsportsmanlike conduct hurt. Yeah, that was really dumb. Really dumb. Like, uh, was it Metellus on the sideline pushed uh, the Ravens running back after making the catch for a first down. Just pushed him. I don't know what he was thinking. So that was pretty dumb. Vikings had made a stop and then they added it even further. Not made a stop. They didn't make the stop. And then you do something stupid just to make it worse. As frustrating as it was to, be, uh, to begin with. So let's, uh, yep. Brad McCarthy thought it was unreal. And, he, and uh, Jerry Hicks, welcome back, out of St. Louis, says, and I still remember you, Jerry Hicks. He says, WTF was that play calling an OT. Brutal. Yeah, that was a... Yep, I miss hearing from Jerry Hicks. He's cool. Mike Dale was excited. Uh, Delvin definitely showed up to play. Yeah. <laughs> Too many men on the field. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot about that. What a major thing that was as well. It was just like more horrors down the stretch. Obviously, that was at a point where we were kind of screwed already. And it just added, it was just like rubbing it in even deeper. And it's like we should have been winning in a blowout. And that's how I felt there. So now we go to the uh, postgame thread. Should be a couple in here. Yeah. Mark Carlson says, well, we did see some very cool special team plays today, which was really rare. And some trickery as well. I don't know why we can't keep a lead. And all the penalties don't help. I love seeing Longwo run the kickoff all the way to the house after halftime. And I know Cook had a big explosive run today, but I'm tired of seeing those two yards in a cloud of dust. One more thing. I enjoyed all the flags I've seen before, during and after the game. And I was smiling that Fox had their pregame show with the U.S. Navy. Academy in Annapolis. I have been there several times in official business. Hey, Joey, thanks in advance for putting the show out for all of us. Thanks, man. Skull. And I got to mention this here and now. Upcoming this week is Veterans Day on the 11th. Uh, I'm going to acknowledge it right here and now. I want to thank all the veterans, past and present, going all the way back to the Revolutionary War. 
that fought for the freedom of this country versus the British, the, the Union that fought against the uh, Confederates, and even Confederate soldiers that uh, turned around and maybe they didn't, they, they didn't really agree with everything that Confederacy was doing, but they kind of had to at the time, and then they eventually turned around and agreed and all that. And, um, and then people in World War I in Europe, World War II in Europe and in Japan, the Korean War, Vietnam, Iraq, uh, Bosnia, Iraq again, um, Afghanistan. Just want to thank each and every one of you all the way back to revolution all the way up to Afghanistan that either lost their lives or survived or either were wounded. Thankfully weren't wounded, some of you as well. Uh, just want to thank each and every one of you for your service to this country over the last 250 years. God bless every single one of you 100%. God bless the United States of America, as we will give you a moment of silence right here. God bless the United States of America. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, What a joke this team is. I don't think they could cover a 35-point lead. I watched part of the game with two-minute Tommy. <laughs> yep, Tommy Kramer. Wow. I asked him what he thinks of this team, and he said they don't start winning. They'll all be gone. So you were hanging out with Tommy Kramer. Cool, Dave. That's nice. Number nine, Tommy Kramer. Leland, also out of Iowa, says, I had strike duty today and was on the picket line. Wow, so I DVR'd it. There was a lot of improvements, but I can't help but say that management of this team, Zimmer, is still off the rails. 12 men on the field is such an important time of the game. It just blew my mind. Way too many three and outs when it matters. Also, this team's season is circling the bottom of the toilet. And for a few more losses, he'll be completely flushed. The next time games look pretty tough. Yankee will wrap things up, saying, according to history, we'll either be firing their head coach or going to the NFC Championship. I'm good with either one. Yep, that's true. I don't think we're going to the NFC title, so it's probably the firing, most likely. That is interesting. Yep, very, very interesting, to say the least, at the end of the day. So with that said, I'll pass out the awards for the show. I got to give the gold star to Mark Carlson today. Uh, obviously, the veteran, he was a veteran in the first Iraq war in the early 90s, back in 91. And also, obviously, very good takes, very cool, uh, cool, kind things to say. Uh, awesome. Thank you, and God bless you, Mark Carlson, uh, out of Iowa. The Silver Star, it's like always so tough. You know, I mean, you guys all deserve it because you're just awesome. Silver Star today. Mike Dale and Yankee are going to share the Silver Star. Bronze star. Like every week, Brett McCarthy they get at least get a bronze, if not a gold. I mean, it's just so awesome. Uh, Brett McCarthy. And I'm blanking now. <laughs> I'm blanking. Brett McCarthy. And I'm going to go with uh, Tanae Brown. Brett McCarthy and Tanae Brown today. We'll be sharing the Bronze Star. Thank you guys so much for your uh, joining on the show and making things fun and making me feel very happy to be here every week. Just just knowing that you love the show and you want to keep joining on and you appreciate the work. Obviously, Gerald String also should get a Silver Star. Pardon me uh, for the great call. And uh, just the fact that you guys join the show and, and feel that I make your day better, uh, that's an awesome feeling. Can't thank you enough. You're making my day better by saying that. So i got to tell you how much that means to me, and God bless all of you. 
with that said, uh, the final contact details again, please do join. Uh, please write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Audible. Those are the three applications you can do that to help the show. Again, there was the Vigit line and the Crypto.com. I'll have links in there. Uh, final thing is if you want to call in by, via audio submission, all you got to do is open your smart device. Any free application, free voice recording application is out there on any smart device. Just open that up, press record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, slash email it to Paladino Live at yahoo.com. Paladino Live at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zomzar.com. Really appreciate that website, so they deserve a free plug. Helps the show a lot. Uh, other than that, hoping all of you have a wonderful week coming up. Uh, obviously, it's fall cleanup season, uh, unfortunately, but I'm able to keep up miraculously <laughs> as things will, as the weather continues to change and all that. Hope you had a good Halloween. Hope you have a good Thanksgiving coming up. Of course, we'll have a few shows before that. Uh, until then, and don't get mad at anybody for putting up Christmas lights early. I think it's a nice thing. The more Christmas lights are out, the better. I think it's good. I just want ones with colors, not just white ones. Even though the white ones are okay sometimes, too. With that said, hope all of you have a great week, and we'll be back to review the San, uh, Los Angeles Chargers game. Mm-hmm.